Artism Podcast, where we explore creativity, inspiration, and the determination it takes to be an artisan. This podcast is for artisans, by artisans. I'm your host, Kathy Duraghi, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to our next guest. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Artisan Podcast. Our guest today is uh, Executive Creative Director Seth Silver, who has been working at the intersection of art, culture, and design. And for the past 15 years, he's been on a mission to put design at the center of business growth. So Seth, I'd love to jump in and have that conversation with you about how business and communication challenges can be solved through design. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, You said it so, so well. I mean, yeah, for the past, you know, two decades, I've been on a mission to, you know, put design at the center of business growth and uh, essentially using visual communication to solve uh, creative challenges, creative marketing and communications challenges on behalf of some of the largest brands in the world. Um, and I do that by leading multidisciplinary creative teams. And I've been leading those teams globally for uh, over 15 years. And uh, so, yeah, thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us. I'd love to just hear from you um, when you are overseeing a team or when you first have a team that you're starting a project with, mm-hmm. how do you go about really talking about ROI, the, the business growth and how that can be influenced by design? Like, What's the methodology that you, um, you share? Yeah, interesting, interesting question there. I mean, I think, you know, it depends because there there's there's various different nuances of the types of teams um, and the experience of the teams that I lead. Some of those uh, folks are, you know, uh, run the gamut from juniors all the way up to more senior people. I would say on the latter, right, the more junior people are, they need context. Um, those things about ROI aren't as exciting to a new designer. They don't, they don't want to hear about that. Um, I think, but, you know, uh, designers who, or creatives who have been in the space for some time understand that, right. Creative solutions actually drive business. And so it's my job as a creative leader to help educate the team. Uh, but frankly, I don't, that's more on my side, right? Because, you know, working as the creative subject matter expert leading, you know, that, that particular client, right. uh, To solve their business and communications challenges through creativity. It's not so much about using that as a method to inspire my team. Cause Mm -hmm. frankly, it won't, you know what I mean? It's just, that's not very inspirational for, for juniors or mid-level creatives to say, right. Like, we have to, you know, this is what the result that we're trying to necessarily achieve, right? So what I try to do is more or less get to know them on an interpersonal level, truly understand who they are, what inspires them. um, And then from there, I can kind of help mentor and coach them over time. But it isn't really until those relationships are developed, or they have several years under their belt, where you, you start having those conversations about 
right? Uh, really driving the client's business through, through creativity. Got it. Got it. So what would you say to maybe the junior designers out there who are listening to this podcast, who are just starting on this journey for themselves and are not necessarily looking at art or they're looking at art for the sake of art versus looking at art for the sake of business. And they're going to be freelancing or they're going to be having client conversations themselves to be able to extract themselves and their, their own personal wants on design and making sure that they're hearing what the client is looking for and asking for. How do you distinguish that? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say I would, I would, um, recommend that they continue to explore their, right. Their like artistic expression. Um, and over time throughout their, their, their career, as they're exposed to clients, depending if they're working on, you know, in-house or working at an agency, they'll get more of a lay of the land of understanding that they are in a position where they are providing creative services that are used to drive a client's business. Um, because sometimes that can feel very daunting, right? For, for, for juniors. And so I would say, you know, from a creative leadership perspective to let them focus really on, you know, exploring who they are from a, from a creative standpoint. Um, and as they get exposed, they can learn because the, otherwise it's going to feel very much like they're stuck in a box, you know mm. what I mean? And the last thing that creatives want is to feel like they're, they're stuck inside of a box. Right. We always want to break out of the status quo, right? That's the, I think just the, the idea of creativity in general. Um, but there are, you know, we are in an industry and particularly if you're going to do design, you know, uh, like be a commercial designer or creative, right. Uh, and that's how you're going to make a living in a career. You're going to have to work with clients and right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, you know, something that they'll learn how to navigate over time. But what I, what I don't want anybody to take away is that they should ever lose sight of that, that kind of, you know, innate urge to create, right. And to have their own style and to express themselves through their work, continue to do that. Uh, and, and just listen, you know, uh, uh, so listen, right. Listen to the account managers, listen to the other people within the agency, or if you're working in house, right. And, uh, and try to gauge, you know, what their needs are. And over time you'll, you'll figure out, okay, well, you know, you'll be more strategic about how you make creative decisions. Great answer. I think listening as a whole in life is as a huge trait to be able to master. And uh, many of us go through it kind of half listening. So great, great tips there. How did you get started in this field? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, I think for me, I, I grew up in Southern California and I always was exposed to art and culture. Um, I grew up in a town, uh, right outside, like, you know, just inland of Malibu. So I was exposed to like, you know, surf, skate, like that type of culture. And then I had right very close into Los Angeles, um, 
so being a creative person was something that's just been ingrained in my blood since day one. And I think there were, there were some courses that I took, uh, throughout high school, like art, art courses. And, uh, one of the courses was mechanical drawing and I would get lost for like hours and they would, you know, I'd be like that kid and they'd be like hitting me on the shoulder and they're like, Seth, class is over. And I'm like, and this was, we were using like AutoCAD or like some CAD system where, um, and they would just give us like a piece of paper to make shapes. And so anyways, I, I took this natural inclining to like wanting to solve problems, right? Looking at, and how do I figure this out through design? And so after high school, I ended up going to school for graphic design at FITM in downtown Los Angeles. Um, and one of, I was very fortunate um, that, you know, my first uh, gig out, uh, outside of design school was with, you know, a very successful Emmy award-winning creative director, a guy named John Ridgeway. And he happened to be a pioneer in, in the broadcast design industry. And uh, he took me under his wing for several years. And I, I learned everything about, you know, design principles. I learned, uh, but I was also fortunate enough to learn how to build scale the multidisciplinary creative teams. And at the same time, how do you run and operate a creative services business? Because I was exposed to, to it all, right? I saw how, how do you bring in clients? How do you lead teams? How do you do presentations, right? How do you position your agency? Um, and, and then I spent, you know, uh, many years, uh, you know, continuing that path. So I was in, you know, the television, film and television space. So half of my career has been exclusively in entertainment. Uh, marketing, which is fantastic. I love working in entertainment uh, because, you know, it's like the epitome of creativity. They, they working across multiple marketing verticals throughout my two decades that I've been in the business. I, I can tell you that, right. Like the entertainment industry understands creativity. Like there's no, right. Like they understand that that is paramount, right. Like uh, that creativity is what truly drives their business. When you're working with other types of brands across like different marketing verticals, um, consumer or financial services or insurance, or there's different, you know, different kind of segments, you have to actually learn how to um, talk to people who don't understand creativity as a business solution. They don't understand, they don't speak the language of creativity. Mm -hmm. And that just comes with time, you know? And so over time, I learned how to do that. Um, I, you know, I was um, a head of creative uh, at a digital creative agency. Uh, you know, after I uh, was with John Ridgeway, uh, then I went off and I started uh, a few different uh, creative studios on my own uh, with a partner, well, two, two different partners, actually. Uh, and did that for many years until now where I'm essentially working as, you know, freelance you know, uh, executive creative director and creative consultant. And I get brought in really as like a hired gun, uh, or like a SWAT team, if you think of it. And, uh, I'll get, you know, kind of come in and I'll help on a variety of different projects, um, you know, leading, leading multidisciplinary creative teams, or even, uh, given, you know, my experience helping with creative operations. So helping them understand, like, how do you set up, like, 
you know, create, you know, streamline creative operations and workflows because non-creatives don't truly understand how powerful that is, especially when you're in on the agency side and you need, you're trying, you're looking to scale your agency business. It's really paramount. So that's been one of the things that's been big um, for me is, you know, setting up kind of standard operating processes and procedures at, that are conducive to best in class creative work. Beautiful. And I think that's where what you were sharing earlier about design being at the center of business growth is really having those creative ops in place enables the business to grow through creativity. Yes, absolutely. You have to. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I see that Venn diagram behind you, the art, culture and design Venn diagram on your wall there. What What sits at the center of that for you? The idea. Okay. So, it, you know, interesting enough, I think for me that this idea of art, culture, and design, right? So this is my, my uh, a creative framework, like my proprietary, if you want to call it like creative framework that I use when I ideate around projects. Um, and basically the idea sits in the middle and it didn't really dawn on me until a few years ago. Like, and I put that Venn diagram together and I was like, wait, there's something consistent about the way that I approach the work, right? And and I realized that it all, like at the center is the idea. And then for the framework was art, culture, and design. And so I can tell you a little bit more about that. So the art is, you know, art is subjective, right? So I look at it, right? So like, there's no good or bad art right? It's mm-hmm. all just a basis of opinion. You either like it, you don't like it, but art is very powerful. And it, so when I have, so art as, as kind of a prong within this framework is not only that art, you know, in the sense of, in the idea of like aesthetics and look and feel it, but it's more or less art as uh, to drive impact. You know what I mean? Like, what is the emotional response that your work is going to leave behind? Right. Because when you're exactly. So when you go into like the mocha or the LACMA and you look at a Picasso, right, there's a feeling associated with that. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to provoke a feeling right from the audience, from the consumer, um, from whoever is engaging with my work. Right. So starts there. Right. Art. The culture piece is really important because culture uh, can work in a variety of different capacities, but at the end of the day, it's about understanding different cultures and what do they value, right? So what are the value systems of these cultures, right? I talked a little earlier about me growing up in Southern California and the surf culture, right? What are the values for that audience? totally different from like when I was the creative lead on, you know, Western Union, right? The global financial services company, they had a, you know, very like a diaspora audience. Culture was more around, you know, ethnicity, but again, values were still the same. What are the values of Latinos? What were the values of um, Filipinos? What were, right? Like, so it's coming from understanding the foundation of what are the values of, of these different cultures and, and how do you, how do you take that and then map creative ideas to those values? Right. And then design 
obviously, you know, my background is in design. So design, but it's not just visual design, right? So that is definitely a piece of it. Um, so the idea of design as a prong is visual communication. The way that I think as, as a creative director is through visual storytelling, right? So I use design, like we've talked about, to solve like, right, business problems. But at the same time, design, again, is like everything. It's like how you architect, you know, the project, you know, how you set up these standard operating processes and procedures, which sounds very corporate. But at the end of the day, if you're running a large creative operation, right, those are, that's something that's very important, that, that's mm-hmm. kind of critical to success. Um, so design is everything. Design is in the way you architect your solutions and your ideas. Design is the way that you tell the story. Um, so those, you know, hopefully that gives you a little bit more insight into the art culture and design. And that's also why I say, you know, I create experiences, right. That transcend art culture and design. Cause that's, that's kind of how I, how I look at the world and and my work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I love the fact that you are actually distinguishing between art and design, that they intersect, but that they are kind of sitting in their own sphere that not necessarily think of when I talk about design, I necessarily always mean art. You're meaning the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. I want other creatives to think more strategically and, you know, really question why they're doing something. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I think it's brilliant. Uh, how do you, then you talked about the idea. How do you, and what would you recommend just from your own experience for someone not to quench their ideas or to squish their ideas because they think it's too far out there, or as you said earlier, too far out of the box? Um, how do you foster that ideation for a young creative to just run with it. Yeah, I think that one, I mean, we always, we have to stay curious, right? Um, that's, that's critical to, I think the success of any creative in their career, consistently staying curious. Um, but I think <clears throat> when you're doing client commercial work, right. Uh, you you do have to adhere to certain guidelines within, you know, the client brief or right within the client's business. I like to always push the boundaries of that though. Right. And so, uh, you know, uh, one way to do that is to, to give them really like a variety of ideas, right. One that plays it safe, one that's a little bit more risque, and then one that is completely transformative and, you know, uh, is, you know, would just change their, their entire business, but they might be, they might, you know, look at that idea and be, and, and just think that it's, it's too much of an undertaking or you know, there's too much risk associated with it. Right. But I, you know, uh, under, but understanding how to give the client like over a spectrum, right. Where you're always kind of pushing the boundaries. So you, you always have an idea that that's going to be revolutionary. That's going to be innovative, right? Um, that's going to be forward thinking. Then you have these other ideas that also serve as staples to just really address the client's need. And then you let them choose. 
there's so many different nuances of why clients make decisions around buying this idea or not that, that, and through experience, I've learned not to get too emotionally attached. So you have to be able to separate yourself emotionally from your ideas and, and just be excited that you were able to get them out. Right. And that you're mm-hmm. like, wow, this, this, I get to do this for a living and I get to just come up with ideas. I mean, this is fantastic. Right. Um, so I think that those, that's critical, right? The spectrum. And then um, the other, I think, advice I have is just always exploring. And in some, I think designers naturally, like if you have like a degree in design or if you've done, maybe you're self-taught, but you, you've like done a lot of, I don't know, online courses or research. If you have like a foundation in, in design and you understand like the idea of like, explore exploration iteration and extension and so i think because i have that design background i bring that to to my work so before i even start ideating i have to explore right i have you have to under you know and i have to explore different ideas and for me that's visual that might be different for a copywriter to be mm-hmm. honest you know mm-hmm. what i mean they might have a totally different approach of how they explore ideas but for me you know it all starts with you know, exploring ideas, putting a Pinterest board together, right? Getting a visual of where, you know, what I want to do and how I want to do it. Where does that inspiration come from for you? Is it, is it looking at other work? Is it being outside? How do you kind of come up with that initial idea to start exploring? Um, yeah, it comes from a variety of different sources. I think it comes from other, uh, predominantly just like other creatives. Um, so like I use Instagram, for example, to really just like curate some of the best, you know, art that I see out there. I love like surrealism. And, right? and so whenever I have like an opportunity to bring those types of conceptual, like visual conceptual ideas forward, I always will. Um, but that's, I find inspiration through others, frankly, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I obviously have my ways of finding inspiration, like through nature, I'm a very active person. Um, and I find inspiration that way at times. Uh, but I think curating i curate you know uh and watch and see what's going on and take little little kernels from what i see out there and i'm like that's really interesting Mm -hmm. well what if we did this or right what if we took that piece and did something like this or right um so i how can i make that idea my own right Love that. And uh, thank you for bringing Instagram because I did want to ask you about this social first mindset. Um, It's something that you and I have spoken about before. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of what that means to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it's funny, you know, I, I think like social media, obviously, right. Is, is, you know, over the years, it's um, become the marketing channel, right? And that's where it's all about grabbing people's attention. But at the end of the day, like people, like users are getting around uh, like 2000 plus pieces of content coming through their feed on a daily basis. So it's our job as 
well, it's my job as a creative to basically develop content that is going to stop users in their scroll. Mm. And it sounds like an easy thing to do, right? Like, but it's not, you know, especially if there's thousands of pieces of content coming through their, their feed. So how do you do that? Right. What kinds of, how do you integrate these creative strategic processes when it comes to color and concept and right early on, like Instagram would put, you used to put these, um, these like uh, guides out to agencies and they'd be like, this is the type of content that would really perform. And it was like conceptual stuff was, um, but I think this is the thing like social is where brands, especially new brands are, you know, that is their like first for forte into, into marketing, right? Like they're typically not going out there and buying like television spots or right. They're starting with Instagram or Facebook, right. Um, so these are channels where you're developing these connections with your audience and it's very different than if, you know what I mean? Than coming from like a traditional agency where you're, you've got, you know, these big campaigns where you're launching and they're multi-million dollar campaigns and huge production value here, you have to, from a creative perspective, for me, it's like about not just creating one you know, television spot idea. It's like, how do I create like a hundred ideas? Like, you know, how do I create a thousand ideas that tell the brand's story 365 days a year, right? So that's a, a, a unique challenge. Um, I also think that social media like has been the evolution of like more like digital creative agencies and there's kind of a difference there than, you know, there's, there's been, um, particularly in Hollywood, there's a lot of agencies or there were that just primarily focus on digital creative, not media, not anything else, digital creative. Um, and the evolution of those has become this social first, right? The, back in the day, they were doing a lot of display. Now mm -hmm. they're doing, right, that became like micro content on social. Um, but Big picture, yeah. I mean, social media has definitely uh, been ingrained in me. I was, you know, working in early like MySpace, you know, like developing like, you know, custom HTML pages on MySpace back in the day. I was really early on uh, developing social media applications. And uh, um, one of the companies that I ran, a company called Social Control, was like, you know, one of the first 200 companies to be a Facebook preferred marketing developer. Um, so that has always been ingrained in, in kind of who I am as a creative. Um, and, and social media is just a fantastic tool for brands and for creatives. And it's, uh, you know, it's a perfect place to really start and, you know, get, get the brand out there or get your art out there. Yeah, what I love about it is that not only does it get the art and the creative out there, but it does allow for community to be built simultaneously. I mean, it's it's the one that you can immediately interact with that art um, as soon as as soon as you see it, because you can comment, you can like it, you can you know you can be engaged with it right away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, community is a is is key within the the entire ecosystem. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of community, you you brought up a FITM. I'm a FITM grad too. Um, you are? Yeah, I am. 
Yeah, awesome. in the, from the San Francisco uh, location. Okay. Yeah. I didn't I was, know that. Yeah, I was a fashion merchandising student. So, so my world before artisan was in retail and in fashion. Okay. Yeah. So thanks for bringing them up. And this past week, I hired my very first employee who is also a FIDM grad. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love, you too. yeah. Yeah. I love, um, you know, putting it forward. Uh, I've had, I've worked with several other FIDM uh, alum and it's, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a great community right there. Yeah. So we are coming to almost the end of our conversation. What would you want to leave the audience with? What is it that is currently something you're curious about or something that you're exploring? Well, I think I would like to leave the audience with something I touched on earlier. It's just as you as you evolve in your career, just continue to stay curious and that, and you'll hit certain, there'll be certain points within your career, right? Like when you hit like a decade or 15 years, right? And it's really important to continue to have that desire to want to learn. And so I'm, I, I'm incredibly grateful um, that, you know, even though the, the past year and a half, right, and the series of events that have happened um, have been very trying on our nation and the world. Um, I have been able to do a lot of like, you know, I've been able to look inside and truly understand like who I am, where's my career going, who am I as a creative, um, who do I want to be? And I found I just found something deep in me that was like uh, continuing wanting to stay curious. And so I think that's important. And I think that is, you know, uh, as, as we all evolve in our creative careers, you know, grab that book, you know what I mean? Um, take that certification, right? Learn user experience, even if, you know, like the, you know, because these things like, as creatives, like that, like user experience, for example, like it's a, it's a totally different like mindset. Right. Um, and it makes you think differently and it opens up the analytical side of your brain. And when you can kind of merge that with the creative side, you've got something really special. And so I would just say, continue to stay curious. That beginner's mindset, right? Yes. Always have that Shoshin, I think. Shoshin, the beginner's mindset. Yep. Great lesson and a great, great uh, tip to leave everybody with. Um, I I think that's, you you touched upon this. uh, It's really interesting. I think that's been for me too this past year is with some extra time on my hands, not traveling as much, really being able to travel through food and be able to travel through books and be able to travel through movies and be able to still get that external experience, but very much from a internal self-reflective space. So thank you for that, Seth. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you everybody for joining us on this episode of the Artisan Podcast. Um, where can everybody find you, Seth? Uh, SethSilver.io, or you can look me up on LinkedIn. 
Fantastic. And I will share all of that with the audience. Awesome. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Artisan Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Artisan Creative, a staffing and recruitment firm specializing in creative, marketing, and digital talent. You can find us online at artisancreative.com or via social channels at Artisan Creative. We look forward to connecting. Thank you.